Blog Talk Radio. All right. Welcome back, comrade, you health renaissance people. Yes, we are talking from the um, Republic of California. Oh, my God. Today we're going to talk about neck pain, fixing it, or um, covering up the symptom. And there's a lot of things uh, to talk about. Uh, We have divided our talk up into two parts on the standard uh, YouTube and True Health Tuesday version. Tonight's censored information that won't be available on regular stuff, because if you're familiar, uh, yesterday they took down Parler, the free speech app. They're going to put it back up. Um, But there's going to be a lot of changes with this new administration. And it's not a little bit of censorship. It is a lot of censorship. So it's completely blatant. And I just talked to a couple of patients this morning, one from the, uh, well, the Czech Republic now, but it used to be called Czechoslovakia. And she grew up in communist times. And she said, this is uh, exactly uh, what was happening in those times. And I had another patient that was born in South Africa and emigrated over to Argentina. In Argentina, when they changed the power over there to a more communist regime, uh, they outlawed all the guns. And then when he went to uh, South Africa, uh, when Mandela took over, they also outlawed all the guns. So get ready for that coming up. But now, let's look at the mechanical distortion okay, of a neck. Now, this is not just neck stuff. You're looking at headaches. You're looking at carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, most shoulder or rotator cuff problems, high blood pressure, asthma, bursitis, neuropathy, anything that weakens your immune system um, could be associated with the neck. Now, I encourage you, if you want to see the censorable version, tonight we're talking about the, I mean, the, the vaccines have been out for about a month. So um, we're now starting to see a lot of suspected reactions the suspected mechanism of action because, you know, they have an idea at how it works, uh, except now that it's in the population for a whole month now, we're starting to see a lot of negative reactions. Um, Like they um, they predicted it'd be about one reaction per million. Uh, It turns out within the first three weeks, it's around 11 reactions per million. And you'll see that climb up to more than likely a million reactions out of a million. Because it is, if it worked correctly, it's turning your body into a virus uh, spike protein producing machine. So it is creating um, some mechanisms that are completely unusual. Um, so get on the Dr. B VIP site. That's that's only two ninety seven a month, or less than thirty bucks a year. And also to Extreme Health Academy. This is one of those free speech areas where you can connect with people, and that's about 19 bucks a month. Now, headaches, migraines. Okay, 93% of all headaches uh, come from the neck. They're called cervicogenic. Uh, you get around 6% are from toxicities like alcohol, drugs, dehydration, and one-tenth of 1% are from tumors. Now, literally, when you take an x-ray of the neck, it should have a beautiful curve. And that curve, the top of the neck should be over the bottom. Now, for every one inch that heads forward, the pressure on the disc double. So that makes the muscles on the back of the head, they're called posture muscles that you don't have control over, increase in tone. Those muscles are completely unique. That's why when I was teaching back in chiropractic, 
um, I, well, I'm still teaching my patients and doctors when they come to our office, but I'm talking like like teaching at the college. Um, I would always ask the student doctors, um, if you see a tight muscle, okay, um, that's that's all around the spine, would you want to relax and loosen that up before you do the adjustment? And, you know, of course, the way I'm wording it, all the doctors would say, well, yeah. The problem is, wouldn't you want to find out why that muscle's tight first? Oh, you know, that's that gotcha moment. That's what that's what was fun about teaching. So now the posture muscles, they're not in uh, under conscious control. And these are the muscles that go from the base of the skull all the way down to the sacrum. Um, the increase in tone under proprioception. Now, and that's your body's uh, awareness of its position in space. Now, the curve in the neck is also called the arc of life. The arc of life. Why? Well, you've got at the top of the neck, the brainstem literally extends down into the neck. And this is the cardiac and respiratory center. You've got um, the, the, the nerve, the diaphragm, it's called the Frenacher nerve, comes out of C3, C4, C5. C stands for cervical. And the numbers are starting, uh, they're numbered from the top down. And there's seven cervical vertebrae. And it not only is the entire brachial plexus flows out there, but you're looking at cardiac and respiratory that are hugely important. Then you have the brachial plexus, and this is an, the nerve supply that supplies the entire shoulder. So if you've ever had problems that radiate from the neck down to the shoulder or radiate um, across the elbow, those are never muscle issues because muscles don't cross the joints. Tendons cross joints and ligaments cross joints, but not the tendons are literally muscle attachments. So the nerve supply that supplies the whole upper arm come out of the base of the neck. Does that mean if you've lost the curve or had a neck trauma that you're predisposed to maybe golfer's elbow, tennis elbow, rotator cuff problems, carpal tunnel syndrome? Absolutely. Because those nerves, if you compromise the nerve supply, you're compromising the, the function of those nerves. Now, the, one of the most common, commonly missed, is called thoracic outlet syndrome. And the reason it's called syndrome is because the medical world is not taught to look for structural misalignments that they can negatively affect you. Um, because if you could correct a structural misalignment with a drug, uh, the, those doctors would be happier in heck. I, I mean, because it's, it's literally, if you are not um, fixing the actual cause of the problem, uh, then you're not, um, you know, you're you're just basically dealing with symptoms. It doesn't make any sense at all. Because uh, imagine if you had uh, a broken leg and you just dealt with the symptoms and didn't set it. Well, the neck is a heck of a lot more important than a leg because this is your breathing center, your heart rate, very, um, it varies your blood pressure. You've got sensors in your neck uh, called chemoreceptors and baroreceptors, that they literally check your carbon dioxide levels and your blood pressure. And if those carbon dioxide levels go up, then it sends a signal down to your heart to increase the heart function. So if your neck is forward, not only could you be impinging the entire brachial plexus, 
but you could be shutting off the blood supply and nerve supply to the whole shoulder, arm, wrist, elbow, everything. Uh, now, we're going to demonstrate a couple of ways to start correcting rotator cuff problems because the majority of time, it's not really the rotator cuff. It has to do with forward head carriage or cervical problem first. And then the shoulder issue is, is actually apparent. And the most commonly torn muscle in a rotator cuff is the supraspinatus. Now, again, MRIs are usually how this stuff is diagnosed. And inflammation distorts the MRI. That's right. So if you get um, someone that, that told you, well, you know, you have a completely torn uh, supraspinatus. Well, let's look at the action. And this is what I'll do when I'll check someone because people come in and they say, yes, surgery is the only option. It's completely torn. Well, if you're sitting up straight and your elbow is touching your side, the first 15 degrees as that elbow moves away from your body is the supraspinatus. So I'll have them put their elbow tight to their side and I'll put my hand to limit their lateral motion or limit the motion of that elbow going away from their body. And I'll hold it there. If there's any strength at all, we know the supraspinatus tendon is in place because the first 15 degrees is the supraspinatus. Beyond that is the deltoid. And the deltoid is, is huge. It goes over the outside of the entire structure. But that's also why when there's a problem with the rotator cuff, and that's going to be the, the four muscles there, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres major, minor, if there's any problem with those, and it's usually the supraspinatus, the shoulder doesn't fall down out of the socket. It falls up because you have that massive deltoid on top. So one of the ways to reposition um, the socket that holds that arm bone, the humerus, and it's called a labrum, is to take a weight, put it in your hand, turn your palm forward, and that rotates the head of the humerus down, and then drop it. It drops it in place. Now, the average person, say if you weigh around 100 pounds, you're going to need at least 10 pounds of, of pressure to pull that down in place. Now, you want to make sure you're dangling your arm just like you would um, a grandfather clock, just like just so it's very, very passive. You're not firing the muscles on either side. And but you have to do that with your with your um, uh, palms forward, but with your chin up. Now, why would I say that? Well, think of this, because if you're if you have forward head carriage, your head is forward and down, and that it can choke off the blood supply and nerve supply to the entire structure. Uh, now that also. If you're decreasing the blood supply, you're decreasing the fluid that flows to the joints. Now, in the joints, the joints are mainly hydraulic. They need this flow of blood to create this superfluid called synovial fluid or, or bursts of fluid. And there are coverings around the synovial membrane or the capsule of the joint. And there are coverings around the tendons of the muscles that attach, that move the, the bones on either side of the joint. So if you have altered blood supply to those, um, they start to rub together, and that creates a friction, and that literally creates inflammation. And itis is how you say it. Now, the bursitis has to do with that bursa sac not getting enough fluid. So if you're looking at any bursitis, 
in the upper shoulder, in the elbow, in the wrist, any bursitis in any of those joints, look for forward head carriage as the main cause. It could be from toxic blood, dehydration, um, not really overuse. And I know a lot of physical therapists will say, well, no overuse syndrome is a problem. Yeah, syndrome, except two people doing the exact same work aren't going to have the same symptoms. If you're like a checker at a counter and you're working your arms all the time, repetitive motion, and you have a good nerve supply, you'll be able to do that without any issue. But if you're doing that repetitive movement with forward head carriage, you are going to compromise the structures. So the way you correct bursitis is correct the problem. If it's blood that's under a stressed state, you've got to do a live blood cell analysis before and after, take up juicing, blending, you know, do something to correct the stressors in the blood. Then you've got to restore the curve in the neck, and that helps that. But bursitis, you never, ever, ever want to put ice on it. Because remember, this joint is lacking fluid. And if you put heat on the joint, you're going to rush fluid to that area. And that's going to fill it up. Now, one thing is, is the electronon bursa. Now, this is, you'll see it on the edge of the elbows. If you have a red, swollen, hot, inflamed on that electron bursa, this is the only time you don't use heat. Um, because think of this. If you know that all the bursa sacs have fluid that flows down, creates that, that fluid in there, whether it's bursa fluid or synovial fluid, <clears throat> and then it also drains. So there's a flow of that. The flow of that, every time you open and close a joint, you're creating a negative pressure when you open it. When you close that joint, you create a positive pressure, and so that gives a pumping action. Well, if you have an inflammation of the electron bursa, and this is a horrible, painful area on the edge of the elbow, uh, it means fluid's flowing in, but it's not flowing out. So you want to wrap that with um, like an ACE bandage. You can get a neoprene, like a wetsuit material or an elbow brace. That's going to be ideal. But then also, once you create that back pressure, we got to heal that joint. So that's going to be correcting the forward head carriage to make sure you have healthy blood flow to it and healthy nerve supply. Uh, look at a muscle imbalance of the forearm, which will also create it. But just by creating that back pressure and utilizing that arm, you're going to start to see a difference in just, um, I and mean, we were talking just days to a week or less. Now, carpal tunnel, this is, again, an easy fix. Now, you have muscles on the front part of your forearm and muscles on the back part of your forearm. The muscles on the front part of the forearm are called flexors. The muscles on the back are called extensors. Now, the strength ratio should be about 5 to 4, where the flexors are a little bit stronger than the extensors. The problem is the stuff that we do during the day, being grabbing, you know, everything, you're using the flexors. You're not using the extensors. And what that can do is create a muscle imbalance of the forearm where the flexors are way over tight and the extensors are, are atrophied. Also, if you've had a problem like a whiplash trauma, <clears throat> that can alter the nerve supply to the forearm, also creating a further imbalance. Uh, because the nerves at the flexors are coming more from the top of the neck. The nerves for the extensors come more from the bottom of the neck. So when you're looking at this from the middle of the neck on down, 
is when trauma is usually apparent. So for carpal tunnel, you've got to restore the curve in the neck and then strengthen the extensors, not the flexors. Now what we do, and I'll demonstrate this tonight, is you have a number 32 rubber band. Number 32 rubber band is not too thick, not too thin, it's just right. And you put it around the edges of your fingers, the ends of your fingers, and you put your hand like a flower bud and then make it into a claw, like you're going to scratch someone or scare a small child. Then you go to the flower bud where your fingers are out, and then you go to a claw. And that movement, flower bud to claw, with the rubber band on the outside of the fingers, strengthens the extensors. Fantastically good. Now, sometimes carpal tunnel can be so uncomfortable that it will wake you up at night. So what you do is you get some electric tape. And I know electric tape sounds kind of funky, but it doesn't stick to hair, and it's fantastically flexible, and it, it comes off fairly easy, and it holds well. So what you do to correct or to form that tunnel is you've got the fingers. The fingers are attached to the bones that run in the palm of the hand. Those are called metacarpals. Now, when you put your thumb and pinky together, you create a tunnel in the middle of your palm. And that is where you're going to put a band of tape around the outside of your hand, um, just right at the base of your pinky and thumb finger. So right above where your wrist flex, but below where your back your hand and your palm is. So when you put that tape on, not too hard, but just enough to form that tunnel. And I'm going to demonstrate this tonight. I also have a couple of videos demonstrating it. But that's a great thing to take some of the pressure off. Now, when we're looking at um, problems of the neck, you have to look at the forward head carriage. Because if somebody's had a trauma in the past, um, the nerves that supply the heart come out of the top of the rib cage area. So this is going to be um, car cardiovascular issues like cardiac arrhythmias, AFib, even high blood pressure. If you have had a problem or an accident, that upper back area, and this is going to be symptoms like in between the shoulders. It's going to be symptoms like radiating symptoms down your shoulder. It'll be where you feel like a little fluttering in the heart, and then you take a deep breath, and the fluttering goes away. All of those things are going to cause an increase in kyphosis, and that's a rounding over the shoulders. Now, what that'll do, that'll throw the head forward. So you can have forward head carriage from a problem in the neck, or you could have forward head carriage from the problem in the mid-back. Now, this is, um, again, remember, we're living in the craziest world that the planets, I think, has ever seen. I'm sure maybe they thought about the same thing in the Nazi Germany. But we've got medical professionals that are not looking at the nerve supply to the heart to see if there's a problem with the function of the heart. you got high blood pressure, cardiac arrhythmias. Man, you're getting a drug. They're not going to look for the reason of that. If you have numbness and tingling in the shoulder, arm, or wrist, man, you're going to get a drug, surgery, or something. Okay, steroid shot, something. They're not going to look at the cause of that. Uh, so believe me, forward head carriage rounding over the shoulder is an adaptive physiology. You're adapting to a problem. It is not pathology. It is not a problem. So when you're looking at cardiac arrhythmias, the heart has two nerve supplies, one comes out of the base of the neck, um, or at, at right below the neck. It's T1 or thoracic 
T1 through T4, that's the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. And the parasympathetic nerve supply to the heart comes out of the top of the neck. So that heart is intimately involved in the neck. Now, it's interesting because one of the drugs they give for arrhythmias or AFib is called a beta blocker. Now, the beta blocker, what it's blocking is the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. And so if you have an area there that has compromised nerve supply, think of this. When your arm falls asleep, what's it feel like when it comes back? Oh, it's all pins and needly. That's because when you compromise a nerve, it gets more sensitive. Well, if you have an upper cervical or upper thoracic problem and are noticing cardiac arrhythmias, by gosh, you're going to see it there. Um, and, and we're going to cover a couple of significant cases where if you do have a problem with high blood pressure, cardiac arrhythmias, you're going to see that this throws you into an automatic uh, imbalance or a stressor. And then we got a couple of um, journal articles, and it's interesting too. Uh, the ones out of the Journal of Manipulative and Physiologic Therapeutics that talks about how adjusting the spine alters blood pressure and anxiety. There's another one out of the Journal of Human Hypertension in 2007 that talks about getting adjustments at the upper cervical literally changed blood pressure. They said it was as, it was as good or better than a two-drug combination which is hugely important because when you look at the University of Alabama, uh, they say that everybody that takes one blood pressure drug has an increase of stroke. If you're on three blood pressure drugs, you have a 248% increase in stroke. So obviously having high blood pressure without addressing it, um, without addressing the cause, just addressing the symptom, is not smart. I mean, it has a negative response. Uh, now, when we look at um, arthritis, arthritis is literally a mechanical distortion of the upper neck, literally. And that's hugely important to understand that because the most common type of arthritis is called osteoarthritis. Now, arth means joint, itis means inflammation. Osteoarthritis, uh, it is literally joint inflammation. That's what it says except osteoarthritis is a non-inflammatory arthritity. That means that it's a non-inflammatory condition in a, in a condition category of joint inflammation. Uh, now, if that sounds crazy to you, uh, you have a lot of common sense. If that sounds normal to you, you are probably uh, agreeing with the political changes that are going on. So, I mean, you gotta. Uh, if it's crazy and insane, okay, but but that's kind of the medical world. So the osteoarthritis, which is also called degenerative disc disease, it's also called degenerative joint disease. And then when you look at it, it's not considered a disease. It's only there from a mechanical problem. So it's really a mechanical distortion of the spine causing an adaptation. And they misnamed it arthritis uh, decades ago, and they just still haven't corrected it. Now, <clears throat> when you look at the drugs used to treat this, that's where you have a problem. 
because if you're thinking Advil, Motrin, Aleve, it literally, these are drugs that stop the building products. It's called proteoglycan, the building products of cartilage. So it literally causes accelerated bone destruction. No, these were not taken off of the market. They're actually consumed a lot more. And this was an article out of 1999. And in fact, if you look at acetaminophen, which is the main ingredient in Tylenol, just type in, just for the heck of it, get on, um, well, it's probably going to be censored in a little bit. Like right now, they're doing a massive censoring on social media of vaccine information. Uh, they're going to have a massive censoring of side effects of drugs because the pharmaceutical industry is the biggest sponsor of our government currently. And I know that Eisenhower said be very aware of and wary of the medical industrial complex. Well, we get a chance to experience that this next administration. They are the medical industrial complex that is taken over our country. So it's going to be an exciting time. And I know, I know the Chinese curse may live in interesting times. Okay, so we're going to just change that. So now let's look at, there's a couple of ways that you can help your neck. Now knowing that the curve of the neck is hugely important, um, we can get the curve back. And this is as simple as putting your elbows on a kitchen counter um, putting your thumbs underneath your chin and lifting your chin up, not back, and deep breathe. Deep breathe in through the nose, out through the nose. So you're getting diaphragmatic breathing through the nose. That's going to open up the blood vessels or vasodilate. And just sitting like that for five minutes, it's amazing. It really, really works. So this starts to restore the curve. You can also use like a dish towel around the base of your neck and you pull down. You don't pull straight out. You pull down so your hands are touching your chest and then you look up and then straight ahead. And when you look in straight ahead, you relax the pressure on the towel. So up, straight ahead, up, straight ahead. And what that pumping action does is it allows the discs in the neck to move. When they move, they, they absorb fluid because discs have a horrible blood supply. They get their nutrients through a process called imbibition. And this, this, that movement initiates that imbibatory effect, and so fluid actually gets in there. I mean, just absolutely amazing. I'd recommend you doing um, this, an x-ray in order to see uh, if those joints move. And that's going to be just the, the most important thing that you could possibly do. Because getting the curve back in the neck, it's, uh, I mean, incredible. If you want anti-inflammatories, which remember, inflammation is how the body heals. Look at fruits and vegetables, blueberries, turmeric, green veggie juice, heck, pineapple, papaya, sweet potatoes. All of those have anti-inflammatory effects. Now, just for... Um, uh, because we only have a couple of minutes left, I'm going to give you a little bit of the censored information that we're going to put up. And, you know, they just took down Parler, so they're probably going to take down Blog Talk eventually, particularly people that are speaking the truth. Tonight we're going to talk about the COVID reactions from the CDC. What do they say? The suspected mechanism of action, because they don't really know how it works. The suspected reactions and unexpected reactions. But first, top of the news is the New England Medical Journal. 
and they are are promoting uh, the events of this court case, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn versus uh, the Governor Cuomo. On November 25th, and I want to read this, uh, quote, November 25th, 2020, has Americans prepared to, prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving during a pandemic? The U.S. Supreme Court, by a five to four vote, undermined the state's ability to control that pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so they're allowing people to go back into church. Of course, you got a mask. Um, you got to, you know, glove up and do the six-foot distancing. But they actually allowed um, that um, people to go back to worship their God. And it's interesting because this article, now it's in the medical journal. It has to do with religious freedom, but it's in the medical journal. And the article goes on to state, quote, since March 2020, U.S. governors have placed numerous restrictions on public gatherings in order to reduce transmission of SARS-CoV-2. Many of these restrictions have been challenged in court to violating a broad array of constitutional rights, such as freedom of exercise of religion, freedom of speech, and right to travel. That's right. Our Constitution was limited March of last year. And now it looks like we've got a group coming in that might wipe out the rest of it. So be prepared to fight for your own rights. Be aware. Do not make decisions based in fear. Base your decisions in science. Do not Remember, there is not an approved COVID vaccine. Nothing has gone through the full clinical trials. This is emergency youth authorization. That means it doesn't it put on the public without the full clinical trials. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, um, check out our video tonight, check out the high wire with Del Big Tree. Does Dr. John Bergman, your voice of common sense as long as I can. God bless you and I love you. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.